Welcome to Holding Down the Fort, a podcast show dedicated to curating knowledge, resources, and relevant stories for today's military spouses so they can continue to make confident and informed decisions for themselves and their families. Because let's face it, we know who's really holding down the fort. I'm Jen Amos, a Gold Star daughter, veteran spouse, and your host for Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. Let's get started. to another episode of Holding Down the Fort. I am your co-host, Jen Amos, and as always, I have with me my other co-host, Jenny Lynn Stroop. Jenny Lynn, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here today. Yeah, and since you are a mental health advocate, I've been doing this a lot lately. I've been doing what I call mental health check-ins, so I thought I'd check in with you. How are things going? Man, well, it's Tuesday, right? It feels like a Monday. So my mental health is great today. Thanks for asking. No, I'm on my meeting number, I don't know, 45 this morning after homeschooling both my kids. So I'm happy that you are checking your mental health. I'm doing the same usually around 5 p.m. when I shut down my computer. Yeah. Uh, Quiet moments and sitting by myself in the corner without (laughs) anyone talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. I'm glad that we were able to just take a quick minute here in the middle of your day to check in with you and see how you're doing. And it sounds like you're doing great so far, juggling a lot of different hats because, you know, I'm not a mom yet. So I always have to commend moms for just doing that. So congratulations to you. You're making it through the week. And before you know it, at least at the time of this recording, Thanksgiving is around the quarter. So hopefully you'll have some time to relax then and there. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. Well, Jenny Lynn, I'm really excited because we have another incredible guest on our show today. So let's go ahead and bring on Jacqueline Chirac, who is the founder of Solidarity of Sisters and the director of women's programs at Veterans Path. So prior to all of this fun fact, she served as a Navy nurse and Naval Special Warfare spouse. So Jacqueline, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me here, ladies. Yeah, it's so great to have you. And I thought I would do a mental health check-in with you as well. How are you doing? (laughs) You know, I'm doing well. And I appreciate that mental health check-in. I actually had a virtual Zoom appointment with my therapist this morning. So that was great. So an hour of crying and then some fresh air is a great way to kind of start the day. (laughs) Oh, I love that. So fun fact with Jenny Lynn, she actually works for a mental health clinic. And so I'm sure she's really happy to hear that you are (laughs) prioritizing your mental health. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it has to be. It has to be right now. It's uh, wild times for all of us, but especially given the circumstances. So yeah, number one priority. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel like, you know, moving forward, I can't treat the show like an ordinary show. I have to check in with everyone because, you know, I mean, of course, it's obvious to say like, oh, well, the military community gets it. They know how to adapt. They know how to do all that. But we're still human. And, you know, changing and shifting and balancing a lot of things is still really difficult. And so it's just great to hear that all of us in this conversation today really value mental health. All right. Well, with that said, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what you do today, Jacqueline. So again, we mentioned that you are the founder of Solidarity Sisters. So for people that are hearing about that for the first time, what should they know about Solidarity of Sisters? Yeah. So I started my company just about a year ago. It was the end of October last year, and it was kind of a long time coming. I became a military spouse and a newly commissioned naval officer back in 2009. So within the first year of marriage, I was commissioned, moved to San Diego, 
we got a dog, we bought a house, you know, we did pretty much all the things on the <laughs> to do bucket list for early 20s, possibly even 30s. And yeah, I hit the ground running. I think most of us do. Those of us who have chosen the life of the military or it chooses us, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're very adaptable, very strong, we're very tough, and we just take it on. And mm-hmm. What I realized very quickly was that I had some powerful tools to help me on my journey, but not nearly enough. My tools that I had were really exercise and nutrition because going to nursing school, those were things that I had learned about as ways to help, you know, balance your body and stay healthy. But really, I didn't know how to take care of myself. I knew from nursing school how to take care of other people. And I knew from the military how to sacrifice for the greater good. But I only had those two tools. And so it's just like if the only tool in your toolbox is a hammer, everything looks like a nail and you just hit it over (laughs) over and over again. That's what I was doing. And so I would just throw more exercise or more, you know, restrictive food control at things because I thought it was going to make me happier and healthier. And what I recognized was that it was just more stress. It was just so much more stress and stress physically. And nobody had ever taught me how to even look at, let alone manage or help my emotional state. Spiritual state was not, I mean, that went out the window, like when I was a kid, (laughs) not something anybody talked about. And my mind, Um, these are all things that nobody had really ever taught me to even look at, let alone the tools and how to balance them. And so, you know, it was pretty quick. I'll be honest. My husband's first deployment, I crashed and burned, ended up in the hospital with rhabdo. Um, wow. which if anyone knows what that is, it's kind of a lot of people in the CrossFit community know, because it's basically like such an extreme breakdown of muscle that your kidneys get overloaded. And oh so God. you can go into kidney failure and, you know, I had done triathlon. I was like doing all the things, right. I was like, I'm gonna have a positive goal during this deployment. I'm going to do a triathlon. I jumped back into CrossFit two days after finished and ended up in the hospital because I had just stressed out my body so much that it gave out. So I learned pretty quickly that I needed some help. I just didn't know what that looked like. And lucky for me, I was down the road or yeah, down the road, so to speak, from the Chopra Center in Carlsbad, California, and found myself there at a retreat and learning the things of Ayurveda, yoga, Reiki, I guess Reiki came later, but meditation, getting massages, like all these very restorative practices that I had never really taken the time for. I didn't really see the value in them because it was just like, you just keep going. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what a lot of us do as military spouses, right? We just keep going because the mission never stops. There's Mm -hmm. no rest cycle built into the military life. It's like, I described it as like summer all year long. <laughs> it's just like, go, 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 go until you burn out because your reserves, they get depleted over time and time again. And my husband ended up having a brain hemorrhage about two years ago. Oh, and wow. that was a big change for our family. He ended up getting medically retired. And at that point, I was ready to step up and start giving back to the community that had given so much to me. And so I held a retreat on base for the women using all the different certifications and experiences. And I just wanted to hold 
a powerful night of sisterhood to say thank you to the women who had stood by my side all these years, even the women I don't know, right? Like looking at you two, like it's the sisterhood, right? We all know the life and it was so powerful and the connection that happened and the vulnerability that was shared and the ability for these women to just receive (laughs) and just sit with what they were going through and realize they weren't alone in the struggles and to be able to laugh and cry and just be with each other. I knew immediately that that was what I was called to do. So that is the somewhat condensed version of how I ended up starting my company, but it was really born out of this recognition. I knew I wanted to serve women when I came out of the Navy, but it wasn't until that moment that I realized that military spouses were the women that I was called to serve. Wow, that's so powerful. Jenny Lynn was nodding a lot, so I feel compelled to asking her to speak first. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, she speak about language. Like, it, it's interesting. I do not have a background in mental health or any kind of healthcare. I'm actually a teacher by degree and trade, but this military lifestyle has really ignited, similar to you, my own personal experience with being married to someone in the military and having to go through some of those post 9-11 signature wounds and deal with them as a spouse and as a family. I mean, that is how I ended up doing what I do professionally because similar to you, I mean, I was sitting with women at different, I was a leader of my local MOPS group, Mothers of Preschoolers, and I was sitting with other military spouses who were like, hey, this is happening at my house. And I'm like, hey, that's happened at my house for years. And, you know, starting this conversation and building a community of women that needed that kind of support. So I think it's wonderful that you have an actual like real, (laughs) real space for that other than just, you know, your dining room table and that you support other military spouses that way because there's great need, but it takes somebody going first and vulnerability to allow other people to have that same space and vulnerability. Yeah, what I'm hearing from our conversation, Jacqueline, and I think that all of us can relate to is that I think the military life has conditioned us to be very task-oriented and very solution-oriented, but that eventually catches up with you, and we don't necessarily have the training or the resources or education or normalcy to take a moment and meditate. Because even for me, when I first started hearing about meditation, I was aware of it, but I started hearing more about it like at the beginning of this year, you know, pre-pandemic, and I was all like, like, that's a waste of time. He's like, I pray, like I pray, but you know, but people are saying like, sometimes like you're not supposed to like think like you're supposed to just like, you know, maybe listen to the music or listen to your breath. And that was a really hard thing for me to incorporate in my life. And then especially during pandemic times, it's like, I have this anxiety to keep moving and moving and doing stuff, but there is productivity in rest and recovery. And it sounds like that's something that you're really trying to remind people that you're allowed to slow down, you're allowed to incorporate self-care, and you can do it in solidarity (laughs) with your sisters, with other military spouses or military wives in this sense. Yeah, I mean, it's really just a reminder to women that it's okay to be human. You know, it's okay to be human and to feel and to you know, not be this pillar of strength every moment of the day, because, you know, so much of that is really the story that we've been told as military spouses of like who we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to cope with the stress of this life. And, and the truth is there is no one way or right way. It's that, you know, we need to be present with who we are and where we are in the cycle. And for me coming into the military, you know, I was like, 
wide-eyed and a little naive, I'll be honest, about just how stressful this would be. I just thought, okay, yeah, he's gone all the time and that's okay. I'll keep busy and I'll do my thing and it'll be great. He'll come home and, and it all was okay, right? But it's this chronic level of stress of having your spouse gone all the time, of the unknown, yeah. of the lack of control over so much of the choices that you have in life, over fear of your loved one dying. So, I mean, it just adds up and it adds up. And the truth is, if we don't have the tools to decompress and wring out that stress along the way, it just builds and builds. And, you know, a lot of what I'm seeing now with the military wives that I know who are in, you know, 10, 15 plus years, so many chronic illnesses and autoimmune disorders, right? And it's, if that stress has nowhere to go, it stores in the body. And, you know, our body is something else that as women, a lot of times we have a great disconnection from to begin with. Mm -hmm. And so it's all these different layers of healing that need to come along the way to bring us back to like our physical body and listening to our physical body and the signs that it's giving us of like, please slow down, like rest. Like they're telling us like all these different things that are happening. Our body's trying to signal to us to slow down. And you know, when we look outside at nature, and a lot of what I do with Ayurveda, it's, it's really about reconnecting with the cycles of nature. And we look outside and, and things move at very like a slow to moderate pace, mm-hmm. right? Like when you're watching a flower blooming or trees right now, like at least in Virginia, you know, the changing of colors and the leaves falling off, like it doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's part of that military machine is like, do it, do it now, <laughs> get it done. Right. And And we really have to start slowing things down to be able to even tune into ourselves to even know what we need in any given moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think what you're saying is really powerful because, again, going back to the whole like, you know, we need to be task oriented, solution oriented. We need to be on the go, go, go. However, it does add up. And just like what you said, that stress that we keep putting off, well, it doesn't just disappear. It ends up in the body. You know, it stays in the body. And so, you know, not that I'm, you know, with your nursing background, you obviously know more about this than me. But just like what you said, you know, with the spouses who've been in this life for, you know, 15, 20 years, like you can see those common chronic illnesses that really stem from just kind of keeping in that stress and not giving an outlet for it. Yes, for sure. And a lot of times, unfortunately, what happens is, you know, women and military spouses have this idea of like, we just have to get through to the next stage, right? Mm -hmm. We just have to get through this deployment. We just have to get through this work trip. Then the break will come. Then the rest will come. Then it'll be okay. And the machine keeps moving, right? The next deployment comes up. The next task comes up. The next child is born, right? Like (laughs) it just keeps going. And And even if you get to that 20, 25 year mark, and now your spouse is retiring, you're still in it. You're still in it. And I honestly, I only know that because having gone through the retirement process with my spouse and granted it was more dramatic's the right way, but it was very painful because it was a medical retirement. So it wasn't, you know, a planned exit. Mm-hmm. But I would offer to say, and, and from having spoken to many women who are on the other side as well, that a lot of times we think, okay, we just need got to get there and then life's going to be great. And yeah. if we have not taken care of ourselves and nurtured ourselves and our relationships and our families along the way, when you get to that point, there's a lot of damage done and a lot of trauma that needs to still be dealt with. Yeah. 
you know, that kind of reminds me of like my husband who's a veteran now, his mission oriented mindset hasn't changed, you know, and we're in business together. And, you know, to him, he's all like, oh, you know, we do business together. Therefore, we do life together. And that part of that means like not making time for, you know, self-care, like time together as a couple, as a, as a husband and wife. And so, you know, fortunately, we are in, in couples counseling. So we're able to, you know, talk through this and get on the same page with things. But prior to that, it just always seemed like, he was trying to reach a certain destination or a certain milestone. And just when it seemed like we were there, it's like the finish line like was pushed even further or there was something else, you know? And so I feel fortunate that, you know, we're in a space where we can like, not necessarily put on the calendar yet, but even for him to do mental health check-ins with me and check in with me at the end of the day. And sometimes that's like more than enough for me to know like, hey, okay, we're human. Like we're not just, you know, we're not just a machine that's trying to run a business. Like we are human and we need to check in with each other and everything. And I think it's extremely important to remember that. And then why we're all in this to begin with, <laughs> you know, like why did we choose this life? Why did we do this to begin with? And remembering like, you know, you are a human in all of this, despite what the, the long-term goal is and you do need to take breaks and you do need to take care of yourself. For sure. And reconnect to your strengths. You know, it's so much about women in the military world, whether it's as a military spouse, active duty, veteran, you know, sort of the gambit. It's a very masculine heavy world, Mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, like you think about even when the military was started, like women didn't serve, right? So it was driven for men. It was all for men, by men, and then we bring in, you know, wives, and then we bring in active duty women and this feminine, like there's so much strength in being a woman and our emotions and our intuition and all of the capabilities that we have to really tap into, really strengthen our family, strengthen our relationships and ourselves that get turned off a lot of the time because it's not seen as really being valued in the military world, right? It's, like you said, goal oriented, it's very masculine, right? Very goal oriented. You've got to achieve, you've got to go out in the world, you've got to make big things happen, you've got to, you know, accomplish the mission. So it's like, okay, well, where do emotions fit in that? It's like, oh, what? (laughs) Like, How are those beneficial? It's like, no, like, I say to everyone, I say it to my husband, I say it to my kids. I'm like, emotions are my superpower, right? (laughs) Because it's the ability to connect. And I think a lot of that is what's missing currently in, in many of the sisterhoods of military spouses is this true authentic connection because, you know, people are together, people are together all the time, going to social functions, doing, you know, different spouse events, you know, but a lot of it lives on this very superficial level of just saying hi and, oh, how many kids do you have? And okay. And where were you stationed last? And where are you going next time? And Not that that stuff's bad, but it's because we're protecting ourselves, right? It's like this shell of protection we're all wearing to try and keep safe of like, I don't want anybody else to see what's actually happening here behind closed doors because I don't want to be judged. I don't want to be rejected. And I don't want to fail at this, right? There's like extreme fear of failure as a military spouse. Yeah, Everybody just wants to do a good job and not only for their spouse, but for their country. There's so much pride in the position that we hold. And the more that we can kind of break those barriers down and allow people to crack open and recognize that like being human comes first, yeah. you know, and then being a military spouse needs to come second, you know, that it's a role that we are honored to play, but it, you shouldn't be, have to sacrifice who you are to be that. 
Yeah. I think you just helped me come up with a title for your interview. <laughs> we should be human first and military spouse second. Jenny Lynn, you are nodding a lot. So naturally, I have to check in with you. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I really think going back to what Jacqueline said earlier about like, knowing what you signed up for, she didn't say it in those exact words, but like, there's this inherent kind of pressure on a military spouse to go, well, I mean, you knew he was going to deploy, right? Or like you knew and you do, but you don't until you live it. And also they can all be very different. The deployments my husband has been on were so incredibly different from one another that the strategies and things that served me well in the first one didn't work for the second one. And I had to find new ways to cope. And I had to, you know, talk to different people that had had a more similar experience to that. And that, you know, that does create that additional stress. As Jacqueline was talking, I realized like, oh man, <laughs> at the end of this one thing, I ended up in the hospital. At the end of this other thing, I ended up in the hospital. And I am now down two organs. And <laughs> And I know it's stress. I've always been pretty attuned to my body as far as like, oh, I'm feeling stressed out. Like my shoulders start to kind of draw together and I can feel them up near my ears. But like mm -hmm. more of that internal stuff, I mean, I'm sure it had to do with cumulative stress of back-to-back -back kids and back-to-back -back deployments, like all within a four-year span and then moving out of state 25 days after my husband returned from his second deployment. Like we had every major life stressor on like that top five list minus divorce, like within, you know, 36 months of one another. And it just never, there was no place for it to go, you know? And so now like 12 years in to this lifestyle for me, I mean, that's why I'm such a huge mental health advocate because it became very apparent that without an outlet for that stuff, I was going to keep getting sicker. And she was exactly right about, I know so many career spouses that have, you know, autoimmune issues and all kinds of just chronic things because there's been nowhere for it to go because you do feel like, because I knew what I signed up for, I'm going to keep showing up every day in this capacity and I don't need help and mm. I'm just going to keep moving. Wow. Ooh. Well, Jenny thank you for sharing your perspective as well in all of this. So obviously this is a very clear, common issue and it's not going to go away anytime soon. So Jacqueline, let's get into a little bit of the how-tos. What are some tools that you want to share today or knowledge to help our military spouses, our military wives decompress? Yeah. So I think first of all, just listening to this is going to be helpful. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> a lot of like recognition of like, oh my gosh, it's not just me, right? Because there's so much of that where we think we're the only one struggling. And like, to be completely clear, like I still have things that I struggle with. Like I, I'm not on some right. like soapbox of being like, I've got it all figured out. I just like sit in a Zen state all the time. Like, no, day to day, I'm still figuring out what works. And just like Jenny Lynn said, sometimes, you know, what worked last week isn't working this week. And that's mm -hmm. where we need more tools, right? We mm -hmm. just need more tools. And so for me and what I teach is really about recognizing that, yes, we have one physical body, but we have six bodies completely, right? So mm -hmm. the physical parties is body is important to take care of, but we also have an emotional body. We've got a mental body, a spiritual body, an energetic body, and a collective body. Wow. I didn't so, know about any of those bodies other than physical and emotional. So that's, you've just already expanded my mind. Go on. <laughs> 
Well, and, and that's really been what's developed over, you know, the past decade or so of my own immersive practices has been like, okay, like I use this tool, this tool helps a little bit, right? Yoga is great, you know, for restoring my physical body and for helping with some of the mind, but, but it, it doesn't quite get all of it. Right. And so I, that's where I started kind of reaching and, and seeking out these different ways to balance myself because I recognized that it wasn't a one-stop shop like depending on the situation, depending on the circumstance and just depending on the human, right? Because we are Mm -hmm. so different. And, you know, with Ayurveda, so Ayurveda is really the core foundation of a lot of what I teach. And Ayurveda in Sanskrit is broken down into Ayas and Veda. Veda meaning life and then Ayas meaning wisdom or knowledge. And so really it's the science or wisdom of life. And Mm -hmm. So much of, you know, what's normal in Western society, myself being a Western trained nurse and just living in the, you know, wonderful country of America is this very, you know, reactive type mentality. And, Mm -hmm. and it's just like, we wait till there's a problem and then we'll try and fix it. And we'll wait till there's another problem and then we'll try and fix it. And I just would love to offer the women and men listening to this today to remind them that like you deserve to be taken care of and to take care of yourself now, today, wherever you are in the cycle, whether you're feeling great or you're feeling like you don't want to come out of your bedroom for three days and just watch, you know, Netflix binge watching, right? Like that's okay. Like wherever you are, like it's okay. You deserve to heal. You deserve to be happy and you deserve to access the fullest life that you can imagine for yourself. Mm -hmm. I think as far as like what one practical tool could be, you know, while we're all here together is the power of deep belly breathing. So this is something that for me, you know, if you go to a yoga class or you go to, you know, even like a spin class or anything, like there's usually some type of breathing that goes in. It's like an ujjayi breath or alternate nostril breathing. And, you know, most of us had some type of experience with, you know, a breathing technique. Mm -hmm. Um, deep belly breathing is so powerful because what it does is it stimulates that vagal nerve and our vagal nerve is what helps us move from fight or flight into Mm -hmm. rest and digest. And, you know, whether we realize it or not, most of us are living in a constant state of fight or flight. And, you know, thinking about this pandemic added on top of military life, you know, it's just exacerbating that really. Right, right. But it's, you know, even if you just pause right now and you just close your eyes, if that's comfortable, and just focus on your breathing, just notice at its own natural rate, if it's shallow and in your chest, or if it's deep and coming into your belly, Mm -hmm. which one is it? Well, I know for me, when I usually have these conversations and I'm listening really intently, I'm not breathing. (laughs) Like I noticed that. And it's like, it's like after the, after the fact, like I, I like, I'm wondering why I have a headache and I'm like, oh, that's where it's from. So one thing I've learned and even, and just having these conversations is to like be present even with myself and remember to breathe. And it's not like, I think I do that because I'm afraid the microphone's going to pick it up, but I should like not be afraid of that. I should allow myself to breathe. But anyway, quick answer <laughs> for me, it's usually around like, I guess the throat area where I feel like most of my breathing, but at least when I'm on live, I should definitely be more mindful about d- breathing deeply. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I, I love how you said that like you weren't even breathing because a lot of times that's what happens too, right? We hold our breath and like what if you're a mom or any, you know, you used to be like your kids do something you're like, 
<laughs> you know, you gotta <laughs> catch it. And Jenny Lynn, what about for you? Like if you're just noticing your natural breathing rhythm. My natural breathing rhythm is very like chest. It's pretty shallow. Doing that exercise, it was definitely like lower because you asked me to like be really present and think about it. But I mean, I'm similar and I realize like, I love doing these podcast conversations. And at the same time, most of them have been with people that I didn't know beforehand and learned something, or we've had such a similar experience that I do. I find myself holding my breath too. Cause I'm like, Oh, I remember what it feels like to do that. And I, you know, and I feel like I feel that anxiety rising of like, Oh, I've been there. And I hope we talk about how I got better or like, Oh, I hope this resonates with somebody else because that was a really uncomfortable feeling for me. And after the interview, I'm like, I'm going to walk around the house. Like I'm going to go. And they were great interviews, you know, but like, yeah, I get that. Oh, this is a topic that is just so close to my heart that I'm holding my breath, hoping that it resounds with people the way that I want it to. But during that exercise, it was deep, which was nice because I too was like, oh, I don't know that I've breathed in the last 15 years. It's true. I need to have a post-it on my laptop to say breathe because I definitely don't do that enough, especially when I'm on my laptop. I don't, I don't know what it is. I mean, now I'm aware of it is what I'm trying to say. So thank you for that exercise, Jacqueline. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's literally, that's what it is. It's that awareness, right? Yeah. Like we're breathing all day long, just like we're thinking all day long, right? But how often do I actually pause to notice either one of those? Mm-hmm. And so with a deep belly breathing, you know, I, anybody listening, just invite you to, you know, place a hand on your belly and just take three deep breaths, letting your belly inflate like a balloon and then compressing it, unless you're pregnant, compressing it all the way in belly button to spine. If you're pregnant, just kind of hug baby in um, rather than making it a compression. But that in itself will begin to tone that vagal nerve and will begin to wring out that chronic stress, right? Mm-hmm. And it's an immediate feeling of relief that you get. Like, just like Jenny Lynn, you're, right? like, you're like, oh, I already feel like more present and more relaxed. It's because our body is the gateway to our mind, right? So whether you are stressed out about something at work or, you know, you've got something going on at home, you know, when you tell people to meditate, a lot of times that feels like maybe more stress. <laughs> They're like, oh, I can't do it. You know, I was all these thoughts. That's me. <laughs> right. And, and I was totally that person too. And so the belly breathing is a beautiful entryway into that because if mm-hmm. we can get the body to begin to relax and to begin to sit into that rest, the mind will naturally follow suit. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, you know, the next step is then, okay, what do we do with that piece? But for today, step one, if we can get everybody, you know, in the world to take 3D belly breaths, I mean, it would be like a massive exhale. Everybody would just drop yeah. so much stress collectively. So I think that would be the one thing I would pass on today. Yeah, I think that's a great exercise that people can implement right away. And as you were talking, I was already like letting my stomach inflate <laughs> like a balloon and everything. And I feel I feel a lot better. I honestly do. Like I didn't think I was feeling bad, but I definitely feel better. And I think it's just about that presence and allowing myself to take care of myself as I'm, you know, doing something such as this, you know, interviewing you. Oh, I mean, I'm the same. I'm like, oh, now I'm now I'm deep breathing. That's good. I feel much calmer and more aware. And also like the stressing that that's just something that's not another and do this. Because I do think that with a lot of self-care stuff, especially like in this pandemic era, you look at this giant list and it just feels like I don't have time to do the laundry. 
much less yeah. 30 minutes of yoga. You want me to meditate for 15 minutes? I can't even go to the bathroom by myself without somebody sticking their hand under the door. Like, you know, and so like just a few deep breaths takes what, 15 seconds? Like it's not a time consuming thing that immediately changes your whole like state of being. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, it's always with us. It's like the, the free tool that you always have, <laughs> no matter what you're doing. And, you know, it brings me back to like my labor and delivery days. That's what I did when I was in the Navy. Mm. And, you know, people would go whole shifts without eating, right? Like wow. crazy days, they go 12. And I'm like, I'm not that human. I cannot do that, right? Like I would have a protein bar in my pocket and I'd be like pushing with a mom and then be like, I'm going to get you a cool washcloth. And I'd sneak into the bathroom shove down a protein bar, come back out. Nobody would know the difference. And I feel like this is kind of like that secret tool that you can have in your back pocket of like, you know, before meeting, before coming on a podcast, before getting out of your car and picking up your kids from daycare, you just take three deep belly breaths and it will completely change the next, you know, whatever that is you're walking into because you're going to be present with it and you're going to have decreased out of that fight or flight mode and be ready for whatever's coming. Wow. That's wonderful. Jacqueline, I feel like we've gotten so much from our conversation today. I want to make sure that you had a chance to share everything you wanted to share, whether it's about solidarity of sisters or just any other advice or message you want to share with our spouses listening to the show. So is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up? Yeah, I think, well, first of all, just thank you so much for having me on today. It's always just a really great honor to be able to connect and share you know, I think for anybody who's listening to just know that they're not alone in this to reach out, whether it's to me personally, like I'm, you know, on social media at Solidarity of Sisters, whether it's to a friend, whether it's to a therapist to know that there's strength in that. Yeah. And then also, you know, we are living in a virtual world these days. And as much as I adore in-person connection. You know, for anybody who's living in Virginia Beach, I do host in-person events as long as, you know, restrictions will allow. But I also recognize that, you know, even before the pandemic happened, you know, one of the biggest obstacles to connection within the military community and military spouse community is, you know, constantly PCSing, right? And you like make these great friends or you have this great connection. And then before you know it, you're stationed in the next place and you're starting all over again and making new friends and, and that isolation that comes with that and the loneliness. And I really, I knew when I started Solidarity of Sisters, I wanted to have a virtual component that could support the women, no matter where you're stationed, whether you're a girlfriend, whether your husband is out, whether your husband has passed, I want to create a safe space and a sacred space for the women to be able to continue to access the tools to nurture themselves, to heal themselves and to connect with one another in a really authentic way. And so I did just finish creating a small video series called the four ways to thrive, not just survive as a military spouse. And so that is a completely free video series that will dive into four powerful techniques to really start, you know, just living your best life today. And that should be online by the time this podcast goes live. So if you go to solidarityofsisters.com slash thrive, that will be there living on the internet. And then just to continue to reach out and also to continue to tap into what you need, right? So 
there's no shame in having needs and wants and things that, you know, maybe are different than other people to just stay true to yourself. And if you aren't sure what those are, just begin asking the questions. Just begin asking the questions and see what shows up for you. Jacqueline, thank you for being so loving. I just feel like you exude all this love and compassion and empathy. Obviously, you practice what you preach. So again, thank you so much for your time. Jenny Lynn, just thought I'd check in with you one more time if you had any closing thoughts as well. Yeah, ditto. I just feel very, very at peace. It's been a good, good chat. Yeah, I'm glad that you had like a little break in your day to have this conversation, (laughs) considering how busy you are. And Jacqueline, why don't you let us know, just a reminder, and we'll have this in the show notes as well, how people can get a hold of you if they want to reach out. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Solidarity of Sisters. That's kind of my my main social media outlet. But then also I have SolidarySisters.com where you can see any events. I've got some like a great blog with tons of information and resources. If you're looking for some deeper dive into anything we spoke about today and beyond, I tried to keep a repository of information going up there just to help support all of the women. Um, and then, you know, reach out to me personally. So my email is um, Jacqueline at SolidaritySisters.com and I'd love to connect. Awesome. Again, Jacqueline, thank you so much for your time. And Jenny Lynn, thank you so much for co-hosting with me. And to our listeners, we hope that today's conversation gave you one more piece of knowledge, resource, or relevant story so you can continue to make confident and informed decisions for you and your family. We look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. Until then, tune in next time.